while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. I'm going to have at 8 o'clock my friend Armin Thomas. He runs uh, an election mapping site called Split Ticket. It's a lot like 538 if you've heard of it. They do a lot of elections forecasting. We're going to be talking about an election of, uh, of sorts. Uh, it's a topic that we covered yesterday. I know we got a, 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 a good amount of... Um, call and app chat participation from it as well is the uh continually failed campaign of kevin mccarthy to become speaker where it's at now you know actually i was talking to one of um i was talking to uh, a, a staff member um in congressman keating's office and i said to her you know i just said it to get the congressman back on the show and he, he'll come back on. And, you know, he likes coming back on. He likes coming on here. We like having him on. He'll come back on. Uh, we're just going to work out the scheduling. But she said, okay, he's on, the, <laughs> he's on the floor now for vote number four. I'll talk to him when he gets back. And uh, <laughs> I think that's now extended uh, since then. That was like the midday. I think that's now extended to six votes. Six votes. And still no new Speaker of the House. I was incorrect, I believe, yesterday when I told uh, a caller, I believe it was Tom, but I told a caller that new members like George Santos, if that's his real name, is uh, were sworn in already. Uh, apparently, new members cannot be sworn in uh, until they have named a new speaker. I, I figured Nancy Pelosi could just swear them in. Like, isn't she technically the speaker? I, I don't know. I guess there is no speaker of the house. <laughs> like that's a real thing. There's just no speaker there. Vo- um, we're going to talk with Armin about that more in the eight o'clock hour. Uh, it's really, it's funny from the standpoint of somebody who, you know, would prefer the Republican party not succeed. Uh, and, it's, you know, disconcerting from being a member of the constituency that this Congress is supposed to preside, you know, over and to serve. That That's concerning to me. But we'll talk more with Armin about that. And um, I do want to, and that, that's at 8.05, I do want to start by talking uh, about some local stuff. We're still we're still obviously tracking the um, we're still tracking the the 
uh, pay raise story, right? So I reached out to a few city councilors today. Uh, they have yet to get back to me um, on the issue. Um, I haven't reached out to every single one yet. I plan on doing that. But I reached out to a few today, and they have yet to get back to me. I'm hoping they will get back to me at some point uh, to talk about this vote for uh, the talk about this vote for the uh, the pay increases. There were three specific positions on the uh, on the um, that were so you know for people who don't know there were there were a group of employees, Unit C employees that are non-union that were supposed to that were supposed to uh, get a pay increase. And there was a vote to get a pay increase because they're underpaid for a lot of position, you know, compared to a lot of positions, a lot of other towns locally for the same position. You know, Mayor Mitchell talked about losing people to Attleboro, uh, not Attleboro, Middleboro, because they're paying a lot more. I think they've lost 45 positions over the last year or two. So there was a vote, um, but there were three. Uh, I know Councilor Pereira had put some, made some changes uh, to, you know, had per, put forward some changes to the to the pay scales. But um, basically, the the everybody else in that group got a two levels above where they're at now. But Linda Morad, who's now the new council president, had proposed three three separate pay increases, one for Manny Maciel, the 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 animal control officer, two for um uh one for Nick uh one for uh Cynthia Walquist and another one for the licensing director um Nick Dinopoulos. And they were all Forty to fifty thousand dollars, which would be, it was about a forty to fifty percent increase, and about forty to fifty percent more than anybody else in the Commonwealth uh, would get for that same position. So we've heard a lot of calls. People are pretty upset about it. We heard Mayor Mitchell talk about it today. I think Mitchell's commentary was probably more restrained than he actually feels about the matter, but. You know, I, I think it's you think he's got to be frustrated by this. But, you know, he basically said, and I've said this before, he has a problem with those pay increases. He wants to readdress them because it doesn't make any sense. And frankly, it's suspicious, but he's going to, quote unquote, what he said on Tim's today, quote unquote, hold his nose and sign the legislative package because Mayor Mitchell doesn't have what's called a line item veto which is if you take a bill like a budget bill or any sort of money bill or any bill at all and you pick out you can pick out certain certain provisions certain amendments in that bill and veto them specifically that would be what's called a line item veto he doesn't have a line item veto he has to accept that entire legislative package of pay raises and or none of them and he he said today you know how then they're stretched and how quickly they need the the council needs to pass that legislation and he said he's going to hold his nose and sign it and get to that and get to those other pay increase issues later um 
I reached again. I reached out to about about four or five city count six. I six counselors today. I heard back. I, I heard back from one counselor who said they may appear on the show later this week to discuss why they voted along with Council Morad's amendments. I did reach out to Council Morad herself. Have yet to hear back. Council President Morad now, I, I suppose. There's an article on WBSM.com uh, where Tim uh, has a conversation with her uh, after she gets the uh, presidency. I think it's there's a lot of interesting commentary, and we're going to get to that in a little bit uh, later in the hour. But here's what I think is pretty... Um, so here's, you know, we've got a, we've got this special election for Ward 3 City Council, and this has got to be an issue that's going to come out, come out now, the, 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 the election to succeed Councilor Dunn. This has got to be an issue that comes up now because you have, you have at least two candidates now that have put out press releases addressing this specifically. Um, Robert Cabral, a few days ago issued a press release saying that uh, there these raises are unacceptable. There is no rationale. And he said when he's talked to voters, they're pretty outraged by it. Another, uh, so that was Robert Gabral, Ward 3 City Council candidate, Robert Gabral's comments. And I got an email from... Uh, Jake Ventura's press team earlier today, and he called it, well, he said he pledges to be an independent watchdog. A misguided and reckless is what he said, um, is what he said about the, the council, the council, city council's vote. He called it misguided and, uh, and reckless. The long-term fiscal impact on the city's finances for the annual salary increases and pension benefits will cost the taxpayers New Bedford millions of dollars. Such a measure should have been fully vetted and publicly debated. Instead, the council unanimously passed some of the largest salary increases in the Commonwealth at a time when pet taxpayers, including senior citizens and others on fixed incomes, are feeling the financial squeeze with the city's high property tax rate coupled with inflation. We recognize the challenging employment market conditions that make good applicants in public roles difficult. However, this measure was certainly not the answer to the problem. If, you know, and then he's, you know, talking about he'll, how he'll be a watchdog. Um, you know, Robert Cabral echoed similar sentiments. So this is becoming an issue in the, in the Ward 3 City Council race. The new counselor, obviously. I mean, you get the benefit of not being there. Right? <laughs> you get the benefit of not being there to, to have to have him vote for it. But I feel like, you know, I you know, I know I I don't know Robert Cabral well. I just met him, uh, but he strikes me as a pretty sincere guy. And I know Jake. Uh, I've known Jake for for a while, and I you know they were in those seats. Like I know Jake would not have would not have would not have voted to approve that. I know he wouldn't have. Um, and uh, Robert Cabral saying he's talking to voters and how they're outraged by it. And he's outraged by it, obviously. I don't think he would have either. So you've got a couple of counselors getting in front of this issue. Uh, a, couple, a couple of council candidates getting in front of this issue. We'll see if any others. I mean, you know, people have my Marcus.Farrow at townsquaremedia.com is how you can send me an email if you want to 
get me on your press re- uh, press list. Uh, if there's any Ward 3 city councilors that do have a, uh, any press releases, um, Robert Cabral's had a couple. Jake Ventura has probably been the most active in, in terms of putting out press releases. He's actually definitely been the most active. Uh, I got one from uh, Robert Bromley when he was, when he first decided to run. So if you want to put me on your press list, marcus.ferro at townsquaremedia.com is how you can do that. But I think, you know, this issue, it's not going to go away. So I'm hoping that I get a, you know, I'm hoping I get it. You know, people are busy, right? So maybe there's, a, maybe those counselors that I tried to reach out to, maybe they have stuff going on. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe they could, don't didn't have time to respond to me. I'm hoping they do uh, at some point because this isn't an issue that's just going to disappear. And it's something, frankly, that they really, they really should address. I really think they should address this issue. So we'll see. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. I believe, you know, believe now that, you know, Tim's going to, I think Tim's going to carry that segment uh, onto the new presidency, the new city council presidency with Council Morad. So, He'll be able to ask her the question of, you know, why did you, why did you vote for those pay increases? There is, again, I, I haven't seen any good faith justification for it, and the people whom to whom I've I've contacted, I haven't heard anything back, so I don't have any other argument to go on other than what they said is department head should be paid the same because they have department head in their title or director in their title, uh, which obviously again is ridiculous on its face because a lot of departments have. Some departments have 200 employees. Some departments have two, right? And so I don't think anybody's actually, I don't think anybody actually, like most people, most rational people believe that that's the real justification for it, that they should, because these three specific positions got a 50, it's, again, everybody got one or two steps, uh, the animal control officer, for example, was supposed to be raised from 83,000 or 81,000 around there, low 80s to high 80s, Space, basically go from like 81 to 83 to 88,000. Like that's the, that's the pay increase that was proposed. And instead it went to 120,000. And I just don't know how if... People are paying attention how, how they don't ask their city councilors themselves because <laughs> it's really it's it's quite an outrageous thing for this to happen and then for nobody to really say anything about it. Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. Like I said, I reached out to people today. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they got stuff going on. I get it. I get it. There's a lot going on. Just getting out of the holidays. Maybe you're in a bit of a slump, you know. Maybe you got to get back to the all that stuff you said. We'll 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 reach you know after the holidays. We'll we'll be in we'll be in touch after the holidays. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get that done after the holidays. It's now officially after the holidays. So maybe there's a lot going on for a lot of people. But I think at some point, you know, this probably has to be addressed by every member of the council. 
because it's frankly a little egregious. All right, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBS. 508-996-0500 is how you can get the program. We were talking about the issue that's kind of been looming uh, over, you know, local politics for a week or so, at least a week or so, and that's the, you know, pay raise increases. And I do want to give credit um, to uh, Arthur Hirsch uh, at the New Bedford Light for um, getting this, you know, he's the first to get this story out to print, and Jack Spillane wrote an excellent column uh, follow-up on it as well. And I do want to also say, and I've said this before, so it might sound like a broken record, but it's important because I know there might be people listening now that weren't listening when I talked about this before, right? And that's the three people that saw those uh, exorbitant pay raises. It's not on them. Uh, and it's kind of, uh, it's difficult, right? Because from what I've, I don't know really any of them, but from what I hear, you know, the animal control officer in your Bedford's an outstanding person. And I'm sure that's true. And I'm sure they didn't ask for these salary increases, these exorbitant salary increases. It seemed, the whole thing seemed sort of devil may care, um, you know, the way that it was just, you know, proposed and then passed. So it's not on them. And it's 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 kind of crappy, right, that they kind of get thrown in this. But it's still a matter of people being, in, you know, elected officials, you know, getting earning the public trust. And look, I again, I most of the city council, they're, they're friends of mine. I, I I like them. I think they're public servants trying to do the best they can. Like us all, like I try to do in, you know, when I, uh, in the, in the boards I serve on here in Fairhaven. But this strikes me and a lot of people as a mistake and a misappropriation of public funds. Not, and I'm not saying that all 10 counselors who voted for it did it nefariously or anything like that, but it's still a mistake that was made and a mistake that was made. Um, for the people, you know, on, you know, a mistake that was made that the people of New Bedford are going to have to pay for now. And so hopefully we can get some more clarity in the situation. I know Tim's talked to counselor, now council president Morad. He's got a story up on WBSM.com. I might have, I know it came out, probably came out after he came on air. He sent it to me before I came on air. And... Uh, she's so she was uh, elected council president nine to one. Councillor Abreu being the lone dissenting the lone dissenting vote, which is interesting. Uh, Councillor Abreu being the lone dissenting vote nine to one. Obviously not ten to one because the ward three city councillor is yet to be determined. By the way, we are officially under three weeks away. We're twenty days away from that preliminary election. About a month and a half away from the general election. And tomorrow, there'll be a profile on Ward 3 um, City Council candidate Carmen Amaral, who I had on last week, who I thought uh, did a fantastic job. Uh, so a lot of good candidates in that race. I think Ward 3 will be well represented by whomever uh, whomever is uh, successful. So 9 to 1 vote. Um, I mean, the thing is, she's been on the council for about... 20 or so years, uh, she 
obviously is smart. She knows the job well. She's done it four times before. Um, but I think uh, that, you know, what, what I thought was interesting is is her talking about how her and Mayor Mitchell's relationship was strained, right? I That's a problem. And it's a problem for both of them, right? Not necessarily just her, but it's a problem for both of them. She said our relationship has been strained over the last year or so, and I think it will give some giving and taking on both parts to fix that. Now, I, you know, I've, I haven't been a fly on the wall for their conversations. Obviously, there was the 2011 mayoral race in which she ran against Mayor Mitchell and Tony Cabral. And, um, you know, obviously we know the results. Mayor Mitchell was eventually successful in that election. A lot of people say, you know, that's the that's the that's the source of the animosity between them. I, I don't know. I personally don't know. I know Mayor Mitchell and Mr. Pro, Mr. Cabral seem to be fine. I don't know. I think Mayor Mitchell and uh, Council Giesta are fine. I, I, I again, I'm not a fly in the I'm fly in the wall. I don't know uh, their conversations. I can't hear their conversations. But I think it's interesting that she was public about it. And then we heard. Councillor Gomes called into Tim's show when the mayor was doing his weekly segment one time, and they had a pretty, I want to say candid conversation. I, you know, certainly Councillor Gomes was very candid about how he felt about the mayor, which was thought really interesting. It was clear that 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 I think it was clear that they don't like each other. So, and again, I'm not a fly in the wall for their conversations. I don't know who said what or what happened between them. Uh, for that to happen, I don't know, you know, I, I can't say, but I think, you know, when you have an elected position, like I know on the Fairhaven Select Board, there are people that don't necessarily get along all the time, but they work together, right? And so the council and the mayor need to work together, too. I think that happens in every elected position. There's plenty of elected officials in every elected board in the legislature, on select boards, on city councils and mayors, you know, that don't like each other. But in the end, they've got to come to a resolution to work together because it really doesn't matter if people are friends. It matters if they can come to agreements on things that move things forward for their constituents. So that'll be an interesting dynamic. We're going to have... We're going to have, we're going to have Mayor, um, you know, Mayor Mitchell's going to be doing his segments with Tim. Council President Morad's probably going to be doing her segments with Tim. And I'm interested to see how those go. Because I think, I think Councilor Abreu, when he was president, had a pretty good relationship with, with Mayor Mitchell. And I think Mayor Mitchell said as much. So, but it's clear that there's some councilors that getting, um, that are, I think it's clear that there are some counselors that are um, getting along better with the mayor than others. That's probably in every city council everywhere, like in Boston. In Boston, for example, you know what was interesting about Boston? I see your calls on the line. We'll get to them at 508-996-0500 minute after I, uh, just one example. In Boston, for example, Michelle Wu was a city counselor. She became mayor of Boston. And... Andrea Campbell was a city councilor. She became attorney general. 
I've had them both on uh, on air before. I've had Andrea Campbell on a, a, a lot more. You know, she was running for attorney general. I like Andrea uh, a lot, actually. I think she's going to be a good attorney general. And I think Mayor Wu is doing a good job as well. But what I thought was interesting is Mayor Wu endorsed Shana Liss Weirden, her primary opponent in the primary. And they served on the council together. Now, I don't know if they're, you know, if that had anything to do with the time they served together on the council or if it had anything to do with the fact that, you know, Andre Campbell and Mayor Wu um, ran against each other in the mayoral race, if there was any bad blood there. But I think, you know, if there was a situation where they weren't getting along, it is what it is. But I know, you know, Andre Campbell's going to have to work with Mayor Wu, obviously, because they... Because she's the city, she's the mayor of the biggest city, the, the hub of the of the state, right? The the capital of the state, and she's the attorney general. So I'm sure they're going to work together. And that's going to happen here. We see some calls in the line. We're going to get to them right now. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. You're live. Yeah, good evening. How you doing, Mark? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, uh, they're public servants. Yes. They have to do the the will of the people. They do. They have to do the people's uh, business. They have to put. Personalities aside, yeah, you do what's in the best interest of the people. Yes, you have to swallow your pride, and you get it, or else you're going to go nowhere. Yeah, you know, I, you I agree. You can't be uh, self-centered, and uh, you know you just have to do it, or you're not going to get anything done in the city. And you have to balance the budget and uh, go for debate, and then vote on it. Uh, because let's face it, New Bedford. And I'm going to say it. It's a poor city. We can't afford a lot of the other things that the wealthier cities uh, uh, can can provide in salaries and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know what? It's going to get worse with yeah. inflation. Uh, the prices of good and services going up. There's going to be tough cuts that need to be made. There is. And yeah. guess what? The leaders, good leaders. And, and those of conviction and courage are going to make tough choices. And if you're not a if you're not a a good leader, you're not going to you're just going to pull the status quo, and you're going to continue to put uh, debt upon the city. Then uh, you're going to drive a lot of good people out of their homes. Yeah, and businesses for that matter. Yeah, I mean New Bedford is statistically, you know, obviously has some of the most underserved, um, underserved in terms of not necessarily by the elected officials here, but under uh, underserved in terms of economically and all of that, underserved uh, populations in the in in the Commonwealth. And I think the councilors know that, the mayor knows that. It is one of the you know in terms of having a concentration of people who are below the poverty line has to be one of one of the highest, and so. There are obviously more issues with New Bedford than there are with a lot of other municipalities in the Commonwealth, and I agree. You know, like I said, when I served, you know, serving an elected board in Fairhaven, at one point there were two two commissioners along, you know, that did not see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, and they they work together. You know, it's just one of those things. You got to sit in a room. You've got to even if you don't, even if you openly hate each other, right? You've got to communicate and come to an uh, agreement on. Uh, policies that are going to help the people you you're entrusted with serving uh, yeah, absolutely and mm-hmm. as far as uh you know what's happening uh, on capitol hill you know uh with kevin mccarthy yeah you know six rounds yeah i mean uh back in 1923 uh it was three rounds yeah uh it was frederick gillette 
As a matter of fact, a Republican from Massachusetts, and he was only there for one term. I mean, let's face it. I mean, in baseball, three strikes and you're out. This guy, I mean, according to uh, uh, McCall, uh, uh, Congressman uh, McCall from uh, Texas, uh, mm-hmm. also a Republican, told yep. Neil Cavuto that he spoke with Kevin McCarthy, and, and he told him, quote, He's going to stay in this fight for yeah. as long as it takes. I mean, come on. M- McCarthy, McCarthy's been denied the speakership twice already and one time in a, in a pretty embarrassing way. So I think he's just not going. And, and, and in a lot of ways, I don't blame him because there's 218 votes needed and he's got 202 of them. So there's like 20 Republicans, which he, need, he, he needs four. He, he can only afford four of them to, to defect. So 20 Republicans have defected. So I, I, I actually agree with that position that like if 202 want them there, I don't see how they come to a compromise with a guy like Jim Jordan or anybody else uh, or Matt Gates. You know, I yeah, think so they. I think they figure. I think they. I think they have to probably figure out a way to make him speaker. I think, it, honestly, I, I still see a scenario in which he's reaching out to the Democrats. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're to twenty holdouts, right? Let's yeah. just look at this. The first round, yep. yeah, it was two hundred three mm-hmm. for McCarthy, and then that, you know, and then two hundred three. Then it went to two hundred two and to two hundred one. He's actually losing. Yeah, he's but he's losing votes. He's still got two hundred out of two hundred and eighteen people. It's still like he's losing votes, but I, I just it's it's again, I think he's staying in it. The then the people who are with him are saying he's going to be speaker no matter what. So again, you know, a lot of Democrats are are still saying Hakeem Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, they're gonna keep voting for him steadfastly. And they have uniformly two hundred and twelve people keep voting for Hakeem Jeffries. It's the entire Democratic caucus. So Well, they're trying to the Republicans are trying to go behind uh, the the twenty holdouts. Yeah. Byron Byron Donalds mm-hmm. from Florida. Yep. And they said he's a family man. Mm-hmm. Uh he's a, a businessman. Kevin McCarthy isn't a, a family man. I think I think Kevin uh, No, no, Byron. Yeah, but Byron, I think uh, but Byron Donalds. But I think Kevin McCarthy has all those, uh, you know, in terms of a family. I, I, listen, I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I think he's a bad guy. But um, uh, the, all that family man, man of faith, all that. I think every Republican uh, man, I guess, or any Republican's gonna gonna say that they're a family person or, or a person of faith and all of that. And this well, guy, Byron, this guy Byron Donalds, by the way, uh, just got elected to Congress, didn't he? Or twenty sixteen, he got elected to Congress. I doubt he's he gonna go from. From being congressman, being elected congressman six or seven years ago to being speaker, that's quite a jump, and probably not one he's ready for. Honestly, well, uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But as far as uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy is concerned, you know, there's 20 holdouts. Yeah. he's a rhino. He's a liar. He's a, just basically a rubber stamp for the Democrats. Yeah, I, I he's think that's going to be pulling the status. I'm just saying. I, I know. I think this that reasoning. What, that's that's their concerns. I think that's their public reasoning. I think it's. I think honestly, it's it's kind of it's a total misclassification of of Kevin McCarthy to say that he's he's a rubber stamp for for uh, for uh, for Democrats. But I, I've got to I've got to hold you there. I got I got calls on the line. I appreciate you, you calling in. Good, you take uh, good care, right, Marcus? You as well. Thank you. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening, you're live. Good evening, Marcus. Hey, how you doing, Shane? I like listening to that man. He calls in a lot. He's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like him too. Oh, so I tuned in just a little bit 
before that, so I don't know where you were going with your conversation tonight. So can you clue me in? Yeah, I was just basically saying Maura got elected to council president. Uh, she's been there a while. She obviously knows the job. Um, but she said publicly to Tim, and I'm glad that she's got a dialogue with Tim. Hopefully they continue that segment um, on his show with the council president. But um, basically she's she said her and Mitchell's relationship has been strained uh, over the last um, – over the last, uh, you know, she said over the last year or so. Yeah, but that's not good, right? It's, it's not good. It's it, it's not good, but it doesn't matter in terms of if they can work together. That's what that's what matters. It's like if their personal relationship is strained. I mean, honestly, it's like okay, that's fine, but you gotta you gotta figure that out and, and figure out how you can get a, a a working professional relationship. I'm not liking that though, really. To be no, honest I, I I think that I think that people. You know, I think people. I think people would be disconcerted by that. I think she knows that. I think he knows that too. I think people reading that would be disconcerted by that. So, um, uh, you know, she's. They've got to. Her and Mayor Mitchell both got to figure that out. Uh, how they can. How they can work together. I know, I know Mayor Mitchell said. You know, I look forward to working with her. He said that on Tim's show today, and or look forward to working together to, in the work ahead and all of that. You know, he was. You know, pretty. Uh, he was pretty cordial about it, but. It's pretty clear that there's, you know, there's no love, love loss between uh, between them. All right. So, what do you think is going to happen with the Speaker of the House? I think it's going to be Kevin McCarthy, one way or another. I think there's, he's got too many votes uh, to I think to go from two hundred uh, he needs he's got two hundred and two. He needs two hundred and eighteen. Uh, if that the that many members of the caucus want him, I think they're going to figure out how to do it one way or, or, or the other, but it might be in a way that probably isn't good for Republicans generally. So, cause they're not going to elect a guy like Jim Jordan who called Trump uh, the morning of January 6th. I, I don't think they want Jim Jordan to be the face of the Republican party. But Marcus, I, I admire you. You're doing a great job. I'll tell you. Thank you. Very intelligent. And, um, I really admire you. You are very, you're a smart man. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank no, you. No, you are. Thanks. And not just I'm trying to pump it up. I listen every day. I appreciate that. And you're very intelligent. You're doing a great job on the radio. Yesterday, not too many people called in, huh? No, we got a few. We had, we had a good amount of callers in app chat messengers. Um you know, oh, yeah, it's, no, it's like any other, yeah. I've, I've hosted. I listen all the time, you know. I appreciate that. You know, I, I've, I've, um. I've hosted during the week. I've hosted on Saturdays, uh, every, you know, in the morning, in the afternoons. I've hosted the, during the day here. It's one of those things where, you know, some 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 days are, are busier than others. Sometimes callers call in. Sometimes they just want to listen, and that's that's fine with me. I think you're doing a wonderful job. You're very Thank you. intelligent. <laughs> Thank you. You're right on the money. I can't I can't say nothing but good things about you on, on this program. I appreciate. I appreciate that, and I, I thank you for your for your continued listenership. Okay, God bless you, and happy New Year. You as well. Thank you very much. Bye now. So uh, we've got some app chat messages too to that effect. Um, so this is New Bedford resident is the uh, name on the app chat message, basically saying, and this is something I was when I was watching the meeting. This is uh, I, this is true. Uh, in the beginning, more I did not want Boston rates to be used as a comparison. So basically, with those pay raises. They used a, a bunch of communities. They didn't just use Boston and Quincy and Providence. They also used Dartmouth and uh, Dartmouth, uh, I think Totten, which is a smaller city than, than New Bedford, uh, Dartmouth, Totten, et cetera, 
to uh, compare it. I think it's just to get a broad comparison of where they should be. This is the hot. This is the highest bar. This is the you know the the lowest bar, and this is you know these are this is the highest bar. This is the mid tier, and this is where we you know this is the lowest bar. This is the people we should be above. I imagine Dartmouth's one of those communities. They should be paying higher. Dartmouth's got about thirty five thousand people. New Bedford's got about one hundred and six. So you should probably be getting a higher salary. On you should probably be getting a higher salary. On <laughs> you should probably be getting a higher salary on um, on uh, if you're working New Bedford than if you're working in uh, I mean than Dartmouth. So, but what Morad had said, and this is from the the app chat, uh, she she said that the you know the Boston and Providence rates. I heard her saying Quincy too. Quincy's a little bit bigger than New Bedford. It's a Boston suburb too, but they said so. There's probably a higher cost of living as well. But she said they were too high. She said she changed the rates to be a lot higher than the average. Um, so, yeah. So this the 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 leash license director, the animal control officer, is about twelve thousand higher than the Boston rate. And she said that was too high. I've yet to hear it. So this is what the the new uh, in the New Bedford resident is saying. I've yet to hear a true justification for increases above what the actual study was suggested, other than the word of the director being in their title. That is true. You are 100% right. I haven't heard one either, and I've reached out to Council Morad, a few other counselors, and have yet to hear uh, a justification. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm sure they're busy, and uh, they'll be able to provide some on-the-record commentary for the, you know, the reason for their pay increases. And I know, I know a lot of them uh, typically listen to this show to during the day in WBSM. And uh, if they are, you know, if they, if they are listening now and they want to call in and they, or they, they want to call in or shoot me a text, uh, I I'm here, right. They know I'm here. So uh, yeah. Um, thank you to NB resident for that app chat. Uh, Bob new Bedford said, you know, basically echoed the same sentiments that the city councilor and the mayor have to get along. Uh, basically they have to compromise and debate. So I agree. And so 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. And we're, we're going to have Armin Thomas from Split Ticket. They're a, they're a national uh, elections forecaster. So Armin Thomas is going to come on and, and talk a little bit about more about that, that whole debacle that, that's going on in the Capitol. So looking, really looking forward to that. 508-996-0500. I got to take this break and we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back on Friday. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. If your voice heard right now on South Coast Tonight, call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Hey, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, 508-996-0500. Chris will be back in on Friday. So at 8 o'clock, again, we have Armin Thomas. He's from Split Ticket, which is an elections forecasting uh, website. And uh, they're a lot like 538. They did a great job forecasting the midterm elections. Uh, Pretty impeccable, actually. So Armin's going to be joining me at 8. We're going to talk about an election of sorts, which is the... Uh, election or failed election of uh, Kevin McCarthy at this point to uh, the speakership uh, of the speakership. Yeah, the speakership of the United States Congress and how that will resolve, if at all. I think it's going to end in Kevin McCarthy being speaker. Uh, I really do. It's difficult to imagine another scenario, especially like they're voting for Jim Jordan. 
I can't imagine the entire or enough Repu- the, the you'd basically need the entire Republican caucus to get behind Jim Jordan. And I don't think Jim and Jim Jordan, by the way, has been saying, don't vote for me. Vote for Kevin McCarthy. I don't think they want Jim Jordan to be the face of the Republican Party right now. I don't think they want him to be the highest ranking Republican in the country, especially with all of his, you know, the stuff. The I think the Democrats have, you know, tied him effectively to the January 6th stuff and to to Trump enough. I mean, Trump actually, for what it's worth, too, did come out and support Kevin McCarthy for speaker. So they need to stop. Um, they need to stop the, you know, uh, they need to stop. Uh, they send what was interesting. He said, "Send crazy Nancy Pelosi back to broken California and elect Kevin McCarthy, a rep from California." But five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. Uh, so again, you know, Council Morad is is now Council President Morad. She's uh, held that for the fourth time uh, during her twenty year tenure. I know she recently. It was a few years ago. Was the most recent time. I think back in 2017 2018 she held that um she held that that title before and she's admitted publicly to Tim Weisberg in an article on wbsm.com you can check out if you want that she and Mitchell have what she just defined as a strained relationship so it'll be important to see how that plays out and what'll be cool is we'll get the you know we'll have a we'll have a regular dialogue here between um between uh Morad and uh on and uh, Mayor uh, Morad and, and Tim Weisberg on the Tim Weisberg show, and Mayor Mitchell with Tim Weisberg on the on the Tim Weisberg show. In some other uh, legislative news, the Democrats up on Beacon Hill had no issue <laughs> electing who they wanted to be their speaker. Ron Mariano is going to be the speaker again. He was uh, he served as speaker after Robert DeLeo from Winthrop had resigned i think to be a professor at northeastern ron mariano is uh, a rep from quincy he's been there for a long time since the early 90s and the democrats got fully behind him uh for for speaker uh, on uh, on beacon hill and uh senate president spilka will continue to be senate president uh, so the leadership on beacon hill hasn't changed much i actually saw a lot of people uh members of beacon hill yesterday when i was covering the Healy Driscoll visit in Taunton and uh, really uh, Jim Hawkins from Attleboro, Carol Doherty of Taunton. I spoke with, uh, you know, Bristol County Register of Probate, Tom Hoy uh, and uh, Mark Pacheco. So and they've all they've all said they're they're excited to come back on uh, on the program and talk about what they've got going on. Jim Hawkins, especially has that really important MCAS bill, which could reform the MCAS, which I think a lot of uh, people are looking at as uh, you know a necessary way to sort of move education forward here in Massachusetts. I think I've told you my my personal story with that, uh, with you know my brother who's living with autism not being able to earn his degree, even though he took uh, courses because he could not uh, sit for the for the MCAS. So I think that's really important uh, too. So I'm looking forward to speaking with all those uh, members of the of the delegation. Tony Cabral is also going to join me in a couple weeks to talk about. His uh, bonding for the uh, for the new uh, for a potential new courthouse in in uh, in New Bedford. I don't know how many of you out there had to spend a lot of time there. I did professionally, and I can tell you they're in desperate need of one. 
So we'll be able to talk to a lot of those legislators, too, as time goes on. It was one of the most actually exciting things when uh, we started this show is, is the opportunity, the more the, the you know, the more time uh, airtime I'd have to have those conversations that I want to that that I thought were really important. So uh, I'm going to take another break and then we'll be back. We'll take your calls. 508-996-0500. Welcome back. Welcome back. We've been discussing the apparently strained relationship between Council Morad and Mayor Mitchell and just the general uh, that she expressed to Tim in an article on WBSM.com that you can check out. And we'll have to see how that irons out if it does. And because, again, I think everybody agrees that, and she said as much in her commentary, that they need to fix their relationship their professional relationship. I mean, if they personally don't like each other, who, who really cares? That's that's their problem, right? That's how I feel about it. Like there was some issues uh, when the new Fairhaven Select Board had come in that you know two selectmen didn't like each other and they didn't you know publicly you know make up. And I was like, who cares if they can just work together to move the town forward? It doesn't matter how 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 personally they get along, how chummy they are. It just matters if they can come to an agreement on policies that work. Right. And so that's what I think a lot of people will be looking at when they when they, uh, you know, see how this uh, relationship or how this, um, you know, new council council president, uh, new council president mayoral um, dynamic continues into into the new year with a new city councilor to be named. All right. Uh, that 